You see, the big man take it and he never giveth back. About time all the people learned about their little hacks. Time for you to start investing and get your life on track. Money sitting on the table while you're just standing back. What up, what up, what up? And welcome back to Bruce and Brujahas with me, Cassandra Melody. Glad to have you back for another week of this thing called the podcast. It's been a really great week. I hope you've had a great week as well. You know, a lot has changed again. January giveth a lot <laughs> and taketh a lot from my mental. Okay. I don't know. My mental is not doing the best, but we move and, you know, I'm really happy with last week's episode talking about karma and the different types of karma that there is, especially with the generational karma. I'm really passionate about that. And that's why I spoke to it just a little bit. Um, you know, maybe there may be an opportunity for further conversations going forward, but I just felt like we should introduce that topic because it's something that a lot of people, I think, feel, but we don't always, we're not always aware of it. The fact that there is a thing called generational karma and it is actually imprint, uh, imprinted onto our DNA. And as well, we had a nice little cider last week to kind of keep things chill. And we're keeping that same chill this week. We're going to be having a lemonade, hibiscus, um, vodka soda, bougie bougie, but not really. And we're talking about investing, not just because of everything that's happened this week. That was one thing, but I've been talking about investing throughout the podcast quite a few times. And with everything that happened this week and the fact that I am personally on that journey as well, what better time than to actually go into it? But first, let's start with this week's brew. So for this week's brew, we are having a hibiscus infused lemonade. It's a vodka beverage, basically like a vodka soda lemonade. And uh, it's really good. I've had it before. It's by the company called Well. Everything's apparently organic. And the first time I tried this was through BevTry. I've talked about BevTry before. If you're in the GTA, I'm not sure if it's outside of the greater Toronto area, but they do provide free samples of different alcoholic beverages and they deliver it to your home. And the reason why they're doing that is because of, you know, the pandemic, um, they, uh, people are not going to like the normal like liquor stores, LCBOs, whatever, wherever you are. And they're actually doing samples there. So now they're bringing it to your house. So you can go to BevTry. Just put in BevTry, B-E-V-T-R-I, and sign up, see if it's in your area, and then you can start getting offers for different samples. Now, one thing to keep in mind is that you don't always get a sample like every week. Sometimes it could be a month, sometimes it could be a few weeks, or sometimes you can get probably like four or five sample offers at one time. And whenever you get the notification, because they do have an app, you just go to the app, open it, select that you would like to get that sample if it's applicable to you, and then uh, confirm your mailing address details or your delivery address details and then they provide that sample normally within about one to two weeks there has been one time where i accepted a sample i got it actually two months later and i think that was just something on the end of the person providing the sample or sorry the business providing the sample so it does change from time to time but it's actually pretty cool why not get some free uh samples at home save a little bit of money try something out i mean we're not going anywhere so it might as well so for this week yes we are having the um Hibiscus infused lemonade, which is funny is I actually just read the French side and I was like, limonade infusé hibiscus. I'm like, who would actually understand this? Because this is not a French language podcast, <laughs> definitely English language. And as I said, everything is organic. It has filtered water, organic vodka, organic lemon juice, organic agave nectar, and organic hibiscus. I have a personal connection to hibiscus um, coming from a Jamaican background, West Indian background. And even Latin America does this too, is we have a drink called sorrel. 
and sorrel are dried hibiscus leaves that you uh, you know rehydrate with water you put in your, your spices i guess and whatever to make it taste good for me personally i like it with sugar ginger and the uh, hibiscus leaves and a little touch of rub just a little bit sometimes you can put in some allspice if that's your flavor i'm not really into that i keep it very simple anyways you boil that all down minus the rum at first and then you serve it cold add in your rum either at the time you're serving someone or actually into the pitcher and like i said it's in the caribbean it's also in latin america it goes by different names but if you talk about hibiscus like uh, teas and cold teas i guess you'll see a lot of different recipes and i only realized that a few years ago when i was searching for how to actually make sorrel which is quite stupid because it's very very simple but i want to make it as authentic as possible right and then i found that oh latin america really does this too mexico has a very specific drink around it anyways i'm talking a lot about the hibiscus portion but let's crack this open and I still have my handy dandy glass from last week, so I'm feeling hella fancy. Uh, yeah, with this drink, it's not as pink as you'd expect it to be. If you've ever had sorrel, like I said, or any hibiscus tea even, there's a lot of hibiscus teas you can try. They tend to be a very deep red color. This is a light pink, quite pretty. And I've had it before, so I know it's uh, very mild, not overly sweet. Um, the bubbles are quite nice as well because, you know, bubble factor comes back from time to time and you definitely need to have this cold. This is not something that you could have at anything lukewarm. It would taste horrible. The size of the can is about 355 uh, mils and I think it's about three to four dollars. I can't remember how much I paid for it this time, but um, I've had it before. So it's just it was an automatic pull and I just wanted something chill. I've had a lot of lemon so far in this season. I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm trying to get some immune boosting by having all these lemon alcoholic drinks <laughs> i doubt it's actually working but you know pandemic so we try and we must let's try this out together it tastes great really light it's not heavy on the vodka for me personally um and as far as an aftertaste on vodka when you first sip it actually let me go back when you first sip it i didn't taste it then after i could have have a little bit of a vodka after effect and I'm not a heavy vodka drinker, so maybe that's why. But if you drink a lot of vodka, you probably won't even notice this at all. But for me, who's not a heavy vodka drinker or spirit drinker that much anymore, I can definitely have a little bit of an after effect from the vodka. But yeah, if you want to try it out, it's by the brand Well. It's pretty decent. Like I've had it before. I bought it multiple times, got it as a free sample, and then I've continued to buy it since then. So that was a Bev try find for me personally. And uh, yeah, definitely try it out if that's something you're interested in. But anyways, that's enough about our drink for this week. I'll be sipping it through our discussion, our talk about why are you not investing yet? Bruhaha, bruhaha. Are you ready for this week's bruhaha? Yeah, new intro, not really. But for this week's bruhaha, I'm talking about investing. I've been super passionate about this. I've talked about it on the pod before. I think more people especially people in their 30s and under need to know about investing at any age. So it's not age specific, like you can be in your 60s and 70s and still want to invest. But I feel like if you're in this like younger, below 40, before maybe 45 age range and you're not investing, you're doing a disservice to yourself. We have too many goddamn tools that have been provided to us and we've been raised with too much information to not understand or want to understand. You may not have a full grasp on it, but at least you know you have a little bit of an interest. The tools and resources are out there for you to learn about 
investing. There's so many different ways that you can invest and I'm going to go through them. But before I go into the ways you can invest, I have to talk about GameStop. You know, you've seen it all over the news this week. What the hell has gone on? What is a GameStop? What's going on here? Like it's been just a bit of a clusterfuck of hilarity in my opinion, but also a little bit of power to the people. You know, a lot of times, as we've seen, we have these big corporations that, you know, just dominate in certain fields and they do these practices that we're not aware of. We haven't been provided the knowledge because they're like industry specific and only for a certain amount of companies to know about it and individuals. But pandemic has really allowed people to sit back and question everything that we do and everything that has been said to us. And this is a great example. You know, there was a Reddit group that had been started. I don't know when they started exactly, but, you know, they talked about different techniques that they were seeing in the stock market and they were just analyzing it. And they looked at GameStop, the company, GameStop sells video games um, and they're, they're nothing major. I mean, for me, when I learned about GameStop initially, like last year, it was people lining up to get these new games all the time. I'm like, in a pandemic, you're outside lining up for a video game. What is going on here? But now we've actually shifted that whole narrative to GameStop being the example of how to mess over the big man. So it's kind of cool to see like, you know, these like little like gamers, you know, going from I got my game to look at us, woohoo, we're taking over. So this group on Reddit and I've talked about Reddit people before. Reddit is a different game. They're different type of people. I appreciate Reddit people. I am not a Reddit person as I've stated on the pod last season, but I can appreciate their mindset. They're always questioning everything. It could be a reality show. It can be stocks. It can be about God knows what, but they question everything and have major discussions about items that I'm not as invested into from a personal standpoint, but I love their passion behind it. Like I'm telling you, I used to go on there sometimes to find out about stuff on reality shows to kind of find some background stuff that was going on. People on Reddit would have had it spelled out for you. Like I would have been searching on the search engines for a while looking for it, but I knew if I went to Reddit, someone was going to have my answer for me about whatever I need to know about my specific reality show. You know, I keep it light and fluffy with my reality TV, but now seeing the fact that you have this group who's talking about what large organizations were doing with different stocks and then trying to play their, well, not trying, playing their game against them in the most beautiful way. Now you have governments going crazy, trying to understand how could this happen? Oh, you mean the fact that the people woke up and learned your shit and decided to use your shit against you because you guys were always protecting these big organizations and corporations and stock groups and whatnot. And now that the little guys are like, nah, we're not playing that game. You guys have to question things. It just speaks to you know, just how the world works. And the fact that as soon as we start to learn how things are actually operating, everything goes up into fire. Won't really talk about this when it comes to Canada specifically, because like this is really more of an American story, I would say. Uh, You know, Canadians can buy stock into GameStop and Canadians have bought stock in the GameStop because anyone can buy stock in the New York markets if you want to, like NASDAQ and whatnot. But, you know, the fact that this really turned up and over the whole U.S. government you know, I feel like the U.S. has been going through something with their government every week. Y'all stormed the Capitol, had a great time. Then you guys had, you know, your inauguration and then you guys had GameStop. So like every week in January, you guys have had to deal something or uh, some big policies, you know, even Biden coming in and just like, you know, talking about all the things he's going to change. Like, for example, this goddamn mandatory COVID testing to come to the States. Rent. 
How dare you? You guys did not care up until this point. Okay. It's been a year. You guys were living your best lives. I know it was under other leadership, so I'm not trying to judge that, but it's been wild. California was burning. What's going on? Now we have a problem. Now everyone who's coming to the US needs to take a test. You guys shouldn't be able to leave to begin with. You guys are out of control. Oh, we're worried about the variants. That's what you're worried about now? You didn't worry about anything else to begin with? Oh, rant over. Thank God. I need I needed that. I needed that reprieve. That has personally affected my life, okay? And that's why I had to rant about it. Anyways, back to GameStop. So these guys on right side, you know what? Let's see what's going on with these large hedge funds and how they're buying stock. So we have to first define what happened. So short selling. This is when you borrow stock and then you sell at a high price with the intention to buy it back at a low price. Because you borrowed it, you have to buy it back at some point. So a lot of times what these organizations would do, they'd buy a plethora amount of stock and they would say if it was $10, they'd buy it at $10 and then they would sell it at $10. So they would, excuse me, they would borrow against it at $10, sell it at $10. And then because they had to pay back what they borrowed, borrowed, wow, what a, what a random borrowed, Jesus Christ. They would have to buy it or sell it back or buy it back, excuse me, at a low price. So if they sold it at $10 and then they bought it back at $1, there's that $9 margin that they would have made from what they what it costs to borrow and to sell it, excuse me, and then what they had to pay it back, right? So they'd be making profit. You need to make sure that when you're doing this, that you have enough margin to cover that. Because it's basically collateral by having that much borrowed stock out in the market. And in this case, what happened was this Reddit group said, hey, we think they're doing this with GameStop, where they're short selling the stock. So they're borrowing the stock against it at a high price to sell it. And then they're going to pay back their investment at a low price later on. It could be maybe a few weeks or whatnot. So they said, you know, we're not going to allow them to do that because we're going to show what their methods are. So they went and they started to rally up the troops to start to buy, buy, buy. The more you buy stock and you're generating all this activity, the price goes up. So now, for example, Joe Blow from these hedge funds may have bought the stock at $10 and sold it at $10. But now that they owe money back to that stock, they would have had to have paid back, for example, maybe 20 bucks. So they just lost $20 in essence, almost or 10 to 20 bucks, depending on how much collateral they had in the background to cover the difference that was there. So it's actually not illegal to do this, which is shocking and surprising, but kind of good in in another sense too, because as a a little person, you know, we can kind of use these tools and techniques for ourselves when we see other stock that are there. If we're just trying to generate, you know, some income, because as we know, the stock market is quite risky. And any investment is risky, but uh, in the only way it would be illegal is if there was any inside information. And right now they're looking into that. It hasn't been proven that there has been inside information. So they're looking into seeing if there's anything like that. So I hope that kind of explains what happened and why people are in an uproar. The fact that these big organizations can come and play this, this little game, this little tactic, their little hack to, you know, get more money and, and have uh, better investments for themselves without having to put up that much capital, but just make pure gains is shocking. And like I said, and everyone's been talking about the fact that because people are home and they have time to, you know, sit back and actually analyze and assess things, it just changed the game. So it's going to be interesting to see in the next year, I guess, year to two years from now, what they're going to do to try to mitigate those practices. On one hand, it's 
great if you're a little person or a smaller person, I should say, and you're using these techniques to, you know, get some gains for yourself. But on the other hand, when we're having these large head funds and organizations doing this, it's a bit of fuckery because they're really um, show, taking a company and devaluing that company based on their projections and based on how they see things going. But they, that may not actually be what people are seeing in the world. Like GameStop has been an organization or a company that has really helped a lot of people with boredom to connect with people throughout pandemic and before, you know, you go to any of these like gamer sites and, you know, you go to your Twitches and you see your YouTube lives and all stuff where gamers are there and they're connecting within that community. That community is huge. That community is global. That community at times almost doesn't even have language because you can just set it within the language of whatever country you're in or whatever language you speak and then be able to connect with other people across the world like how amazing is that from a personal connection side especially during this current period that we're in it's amazing to see that so i'm really happy personally to see that these guys came together and said hey we think they're using these tactics against this company let's rally around them and show them that what you're trying to value them at is not what their value is we see more value and on top of that we're going to beat you at your own game. So if you didn't know, I think a lot of these hedge funds have now like had to like almost claim bankruptcy. And go, it's, it's been a shit show. Like financially, they're in ruins. Billionaires have lost a lot of money. People have lost a lot of money over this little game stock um, stock. So really interesting. And it's just like really cool. And just really, you know, I, it just motivated me even more to talk about investing this week because I'm really big into learning about investments personally and also encouraging other people to invest as well. There are so many types of investments, which is very tricky to start with, but there are some basic investments that you can look at and decide whether or not they're for you or not. So I'm going to talk about stocks, bonds, mutual funds, retirement plans, options, crypto, and commodities. I'll also talk a little bit about real estate, but there's a lot more than that. These are the ones that have um, guarded my personal interest and where I play a little bit into or have played into. And it's also where I want to go going forward. So let's start with the first type of investment, which are stocks. Stocks are buying ownership into a company of a publicly traded company. For example, Suncor Energy. That's a publicly traded company uh, based out of Calgary, Alberta. And as an individual, you can buy stocks into that company to have ownership. Uh, depending on how the market goes, it could go up or it can go down. And, you know, you can either lose or gain money. Stocks would be considered a risky way to invest, but no risk, no reward. A lot of times you can look at the past history of the organization to see how they performed. And they also do provide a lot of documentation. I know, for example, that like Suncor specifically will provide um, different investor reports so you can see how they're performing what they've done to mitigate any risk what they're doing to go forward so that they can actually you know gain your trust as a part owner into the company which is pretty cool the second type i'll talk about are bonds and this is lending to any business or government agency i personally think bonds are shit <laughs> because and i'll say because i had bonds with the canadian government before i think i put in like 180 dollars and over like, I think a 10 year period, I got like $5 return. So like 185, they grow so slowly in that bond format. I don't think it's a good option if you're trying to really, you know, get growth into your portfolio. But if you're just looking to, you know, set some money aside and know that it will have very, very small incremental growth over time, but you just don't want to touch it. 
then bonds would be the best or would be a good method for you if you want to go that route. And as I'm describing the different types of ways you can invest, don't forget, you can do a mix and match of everything. You don't have to stick with one format. If you're someone who's high risk, you can go to stocks, but you can also, you know, have a few bonds to make sure you have some security there. And we'll talk about some of the other options as we go forward. Next would be mutual funds. So this is pulling money um, over a number of companies that can be invested into stocks and or bonds. So a lot of us have mutual funds through maybe like work uh, or on our own as well. And they can be medium risk because they can grow. But a lot of times you have like a mutual fund advisor who's trying to keep things pretty temperate for the most part. When you're going into the mutual fund space, there's a lot of questionnaires to see what you're interested in, what you want to back your money behind. And that helps allocate the funds that you put forward into this pool over this number of companies. You could have a mutual fund portfolio that has something in wheat, has something in oil, has maybe something in I don't know, oranges, or you can have like ships or like this and that. You can have teacher's pension. You could have a bunch of other things. Like it's, a, it's just a portfolio of stocks and bonds over this pool. So I think mutual funds are a great way to start because you can have that advisor. If, with any of this, you can have an advisor, but mutual fund advisors tend to be very well um, informed. And also it's pretty low risk in the sense that because you're pulling your money over a large number or over a number of companies, you don't feel as much attachment to, you know, just saying, I put my $100 into this one company, they better ride for me. No, that $100 could go over a few companies and then maybe one company performs a little bit lower, but the other company performs a little bit better. You're kind of like balancing out in some senses, right? Next, we'll talk about retirement plans. Retirement plans tend to be fairly generic. I think 401k in the US, RSP in Canada, I don't know where else around the world, but typically you don't pay taxes until you retire. If you're trying to take money out of your retirement plan before, you will be taxed and heavily. So it's not in your best interest. This is long-term savings that you don't plan to touch until you your 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 ass has retired. Um, it's good to have as a backup, and it's a really great tax incentive, at least here in Canada, knowing that you put money towards your retirement plan, you save on your you know year-end taxes by doing that. So a lot of people tend to go into RSPs or into any type of retirement plan through their workplace or on their own to kind of mitigate what their tax rate is and also save for the future. Next, um, we have options. Options are very, very, very risky and very volatile. I have not participated in options yet, but I would like to get to the point where I can get into this space. Like it is just a bit of a mindfuck for me and some as someone who's not risk averse i'm like this is fucking fire so it's the ability to buy or sell stock at a given price at a given time so for example if i buy stocks today i have a bunch of stocks today and i say hey you know what i want to be able to buy that stock at 50 dollars in 2021 maybe january or something like that when that time comes i'm expecting that stock to rise up at 50 dollars if i bought it for example at 45 in January of whatever year, let's say 2022, actually 2022. Now, when we get to that time and period, and if that stock is not at what I had opted to buy it at, then I'm going to lose money. So if it's less, I'm definitely losing money. Um, so that's why they say it's very volatile. You want to ensure that you're investing into organizations that have a proven track record of growth, or that you are so certain that you can predict the future that you know you're going to do this. 
This is so crazy to do. You need to have really strong financial acumen and background and just fat money in your back pocket as well because you don't want to mess up with this one. It's very easy to lose money here and really you need to do your, your research. This is a perfect example of when you should have an advisor if you do not have that financial acumen. Next, let's talk about one of the, you know, the hottest forms of investing right now, crypto. So cryptocurrency is digital currency that has no government backing and it's decentralized. I love crypto. I've gotten to crypto in the past year and I think it's the coolest form that we have right now because it's really mind fucking governments. Like, and I'm not anti-government and all that kind of stuff. I'm not that person at all. But I think it's interesting when people find tools and resources that are independent of what we've always known or have been taught. And that's why crypto speaks to me personally, because he would have known that someone would have wrote a code years ago saying, hey, we have all these little coins that are digital currency in the world, and you can only buy this much at one time throughout the world. But you know what? We're not going to make that currency, you know, better than any other currency. It's going to be one flat currency for everyone. Wow. The power behind that. We're not looking up to the U.S. dollar as an example. We're not looking at the British pound as an example of what is good currency. You know, now it's a digital currency that flattens everyone out. And because it flattens everyone out, the way that that currency moves is not as, you know, up and down as it can be through the regular way that we have currency. When the U.S. dollar or sorry, if the U.S. election is happening, all stocks and stuff like that go up because of the U.S. election, you know, whereas with digital or cryptocurrencies, let's say, that doesn't impact it. Politics does not impact it as much because governments are not backing this and it's decentralized. So everyone who owns into cryptocurrency can actually help impact and influence what that currency moves like. So it's really cool. There's so many different types. Everyone always talks about Bitcoin, but there are a ton of different formats of digital currency that are available. Um, do your research if you don't know. Bitcoin is not the only one. Bitcoin's the, mo the most known version, but the challenge a lot of people see is like Bitcoin's at X amount, like four grand a share. Oh my God. You don't need to purchase that four grand a share. The cool part about Bit, uh, cryptocurrencies as well as the fact that you can get it and get them in smaller increments so you can have a hundred dollars and then you can get a percentage of whatever that share is versus um how like the normal stock markets tend to work where you need to buy full shares even though there are apps and there are resources that let you buy partial shares but it's much harder to do that than it is in crypto crypto just has this kind of um you know, methodology of, you know, if you have the money and you want to invest, invest what you can and let's ride. Like we're all in this together. Very, very like communal. That's what I like about crypto. It's very communal. Like I feel very like, hippie about communal uh, crypto. Like, oh my God, it's so cool. Anyways, the last or second last I'll talk about is commodities. These are like physical products. You know, it's heavily influenced by um, politics. You, I talked about wheat and oil. Those are two perfect commodities that we can see every day you know when your price of um, gas goes up and down that's because it's a commodity a physical product that's out there in the market that people are buying into so it's impacted by politics for example um, Keystone Pipeline Canada in the U.S. that's being able to get fuel from Canada or 
yeah, energy, I guess, from Canada down to the U.S. And it's very controversial because a lot of times it's going through Aboriginal and Indigenous people's lands. On top of that, people are concerned from a safety perspective as well as to what this means. There's pipelines everywhere. We'll just say this for the record. And I'm not biased in saying that. I'm just coming at this with knowledge in that background. So there are pipelines everywhere. And yes, there is a chance that there can be a spill at any time. But let's look at what the rate of those things are and how you can mitigate them. But at the same time, we got to honor our Indigenous people's lands um, and their traditions and their customs and also their concerns for having this these pipelines go everywhere, right? It does provide jobs, but at the same time, people are feeling like it's infringing on who their identity is. It's just a very... I know this is like a side rant and I don't want to talk about it too much because like... Uh, I'm not biased, but I have enough knowledge where it could sound biased, um, you know, but it's just interesting to see how there's two sides to this coin. You're providing jobs, the economies are down, people want work, but at the same time, we have to respect people's culture. Like if this was my land, I don't know how I would feel about people saying, hey, I'm going to be running uh, lots of energy underground, um, you know, through your land. There's different uh, ceremonial, probably burials and like uh, traditions of the land that's there and then we're going through and doing this but at the same time it's like we need to have jobs for the economy so where can we actually put these pipelines and if we can't use pipelines what can we use to get that energy from one place to another anyways rant over but that's a commodity fuel definitely influenced by politics you already know keystone gets cancelled uh oil and gas goes down now the final uh piece of investing i'll talk about is real estate a lot of people feel like you have to have a ton of money to get into real estate and that's probably the worst mindset that you can have. Stop thinking you have to have $100,000 to be able to purchase the property. That's not true. What people, in my opinion, need to do is find like-minded people who want to invest in property and put their money together, get a lawyer to sign things, and have that investment property. You may still be renting or living with your parents or whatever you're doing you know, in the back end, but by putting that money into some type of property, whether as an investment, where you're not going to live at, you're just trying to actually uh, keep your money there and generate money in a very fast manner. You know, you're learning about property management, you're learning about financial stuff as well. And as well, if you're doing it with friends and families that you know you can trust, where you have a lawyer agreement, do not do this without having a lawyer involved if you're going to be doing this as a joint offer, because you still need to protect your money and your assets and outline how you plan to maintain and support that property if the parties are not going to be living there, but you're investing into it. So in the greater Toronto area, real estate, or I'll say Ontario, Southern Ontario, real estate is on crack. This shit has been on crack for the past four to five years. Prices have soared beyond any other market, I think, in Canada right now. And it's crazy. You can get a one bedroom apartment in downtown Toronto for like six to $700,000. And I'm talking maybe about 700 square feet, maybe 600. Like it's madness. You see like in the cities that they have a lot of builds, like a, a lot of new builds, especially condos, like Toronto's becoming condo city, which is madness. But the starting price every year goes up. I remember at one time it was like 200 grand to get like a one bedroom and a den, maybe 600 square feet. That's at 6,700,000 now. That's madness. What's it going to go to? So if you don't have a hundred grand to actually invest into one property by yourself or with your partner or whomever, you know, look at trying to do some kind of joint property ownership. And that way you, you're building capital because the market is moving quite fast. But at the same time, you're learning about what it is from property management standpoint, etc. 
So those are the different types of investments that are I'm interested in right now. Stocks, definitely. Bonds, I said no, I've already done that. Mutual funds, I have. Re- uh, retirement plan, I already have. Options, when I get a little bit more money, I'm going to do options. I need to make sure I got the money for that. Crypto, yes, love it. Fascinating, totally cool, mindfuck, amazing. And then commodities and real estate, yes, I'm investing in that too. So I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode of Brews and Brewhaha's talking about the different types of investments. You know, I really, you really need to question, why are you not investing yet? Like there's so many different ways to invest your money. And I only talked about a few. Go and do your research and learn more about how you can invest. Get your money out there. And I also want to say, you don't have to have a million dollars to do this. Like a lot of us are not rich. We're not the 1%. We're, we're not there. But if you want to start to get that financial benefit and gain, Take $100 at some point this year and invest it into some form of an investment. Probably not real estate, but if you can do a buying group, do that. Speaking of which, there's a really cool website and I haven't actually used it, but I see it on Instagram. It's called Buy Back the Block and it's about um, people buying back property in black neighborhoods in the US and they pull money together from random people like individuals and they actually buy it back and they allow it to be, I guess, re, uh, de-gentrified. <laughs> I don't know how you say that. Basically, if you're taking the hood and now you're saying you're taking the hood and you're going to make it into a nice hood, but it's not the hood anymore, but it still has, you know, everything that makes it the hood as far as people, like, you know, the vibe, the coolness, stuff like that. That's what they're doing. So, you know, look online and see what tools and techniques are available for you to participate in some way to invest. I know like that's something I've had in my radar for a bit now, buy back the block. Um, you know, flipping houses is another one too. I would love to flip houses. I'm lousy when it comes to any D, uh, DIY, do it yourself, DIY. <laughs> Who else does that? You have to always spell words and you sit there with your head cocked and you're like, did I, did I spell that correctly? Like, why don't I know this word? <laughs> Anyways, that was just me right now. But yeah, really passionate about this topic. Hope you enjoyed it. And if not, Whatever. Have a great week. Bye.